Welcome to Vegas Inc. Radio. I'm Dellen Goldberg, host of the show and business editor of Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. Over the next half hour, we'll be discussing the effect strip violence has on tourism, as well as several bulk sales that have taken place in the Valley, a new movie theater in Henderson, and the potential sale of the Crystal Shopping Center on the Strip. But first, we turn our attention to some gaming news and some business news. Reporter Ron Sylvester recently wrote a cover story for Vegas Inc. about executive suites, rental suites of sorts that business people on the move can use for short-term or long-term. And he also had a look at video poker and some changes that are coming to local casinos. Welcome, Ron. Hi, Dallin. Hi, thanks for being here. Um, Your latest cover story for Vegas Inc. was about executive suites. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what they are and where they are in the Valley? Yeah, executive suites are kind of an interesting um, type of phenomenon that's been growing recently. It's basically, uh, they are, um, I kind of call them uh, offices uh, that you rent on a short term, and uh, uh, they're, they're basically for, for startups or small businesses that don't want to put the investment into um, renting a big office building and having to pay their own uh, utilities and things like that. So, so basically, it's like getting a, a furnished apartment with utilities. Uh, you, you rent an office, it comes with furniture, uh, you get your utilities paid, uh, you get the cleaning uh, services, and then... Uh, there's uh, several people can rent offices within or these suites within uh, the same building, and then they have uh, shared uh, spaces such as uh, you know a coffee lounge and uh, meeting rooms and um, you know printers and uh, you know those kinds of services. And so basically, you can use it for a day or a year. Yeah, I mean there there are places where you can rent them by the hour, uh, or you know rent them by the day. If you just need a place uh, to uh, you know uh, meet a client, say you work out of your home, and uh, you know you don't want to bring clients to your home, uh, so uh, you know you want to meet them someplace, so you can go to one of these places and you can uh, rent them. Um, you know, you, you could rent a conference room or a meeting space uh, just to meet clients. It also gives you that uh, um, kind of, uh, you, know, it, you know, it really also gives you a, an image of being, you know, more, more professional than somebody who, who works out of their home or their hotel room. Uh, th- this is also um, uh, a growing trend among people who travel a lot uh, for their jobs. One of the uh, local companies, uh, one of the companies that has offices locally, uh, Regis is actually a worldwide uh, company and they have these kinds of offices all over the world. So whether you're in um, Las Vegas or Los Angeles, New York or Stockholm, you can uh, pay a a certain fee and uh, that gives you access to all of their um, uh, offices worldwide if you travel that much. And the fees range from about twenty bucks to fifty bucks for just the flat basic office or cubicle. Yeah, use. and then you can get them. Uh, you know, if you're gonna, you know, if you're gonna use the office every day uh, for a while, you can, you know, uh, pay uh, three to five hundred dollars and, and uh, a month and get uh, an office space that you go to every day. And except you don't have a, a long term contract. 
and or a lease. And so if your business grows and then you w- eventually want to get your own office uh, building uh, that you pay everything for, uh, you can you can you know you're not you're not tied into any long term leases. And you mentioned lending an air of professionalism to maybe the small business owner, the home business owner. Um, I thought it was neat you reported that the receptionists have little pop-up screens that would tell you whether they're reaching Ron Sylvester Enterprises or Dellen Goldberg Inc. and they answer the phone accordingly. Um, so it's very personalized. The other thing is though, some of those services, not necessarily the receptionist, but accounting extras do cost you extra. So the, the amounts can add up. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, things like secretarial services and uh, you know, if you want people to do the, the, the billing and invoices for you, those are all available. But those all come at an extra cost. So, I mean, the, the, the um, uh, offices themselves seem uh, pretty affordable uh, per square footage for everything that you've get, you get because, if you, you know, if you went out to uh, get your own office, you would get an empty office. You'd have to find your own utilities. You'd have to have phone lines installed. You'd have to have, uh, uh, you know, you'd, you'd, uh, if you had... If you had a, a, you know, five different offices, each different office would have to have their own printer and hire their own receptionist. Here, you share all those services, so the the the, the fee itself is pretty uh, reasonable. Then you can buy, you know, these extra things as you need them. If you don't need a receptionist, you don't pay for it. And you talked to a couple of realtors who actually did price out their own office space and decided to go with one of these executive suites. They mentioned um, employee fees, health care, and workers' comp savings. Yeah, that's, uh, um, you know, I mean, they because they don't have to hire. I was, I was talking to uh, some attorneys uh, who had done this. Uh, they have a small law office, and, and they got... Um, uh, place over at Tivoli Village uh, through Regis, and uh, they even have a balcony that looks out over Tivoli Village in their office. And, you know, they would have to pay all the expenses for the employees, but instead they get these receptionist services uh, from Regis, and uh, so they're actually Regis employees, so Regis pays for all that, and then they just kind of, it's, it's kind of like renting uh, a secretary. Well, that's great, and you you said there's about half a dozen of them at least in the valley, and um, they're they're doing well. They're expanding and building uh, as we speak. So yeah. we'll have to keep watching this trend. Yeah, uh, it's it's something that really um, has uh, caught on in the last few years, where, pe- where people were trying to watch their overheads and small businesses were trying to grow, and it's it's really been good for them. Well, that's great. If you want to find out more about it, you can read uh, Ron's story on VegasInc.com or in the print version of Vegas Inc. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about video poker, something near and dear to many of our listeners' hearts. Um, there are some changes, a new version of the game out in some casinos, and some of people's old favorites are no longer. Yeah, a Station Casino recently rolled out a new um, uh, line of video games called My Poker. Uh, they're made by WMS, and while they're being rolled out uh, all over the country, Station signed an exclusive uh, contract uh, as the locals casino provider for this particular uh, brand. And it's it's like one of the first big innovations in video poker games uh, in uh, at least six years. And they um, uh, it, it's. 
some there's some mixed feelings among players about how much they like it um, because uh, when they put in these games, they also took out uh, you know some of the old favorites and and um, the both the players and the people uh, you know who run the casinos will tell you that um, you know players who the people who play video poker they'll find their favorite machine they'll find the, the ones that they think uh, you know have the highest payout percentage and they'll stick with those and they don't like change. Uh, they're not quite as adventurous as slot players. And so when you take out one of their favorite machines and put in a new one, they're very resistant to it. And some of the machines that they took out weren't just uh, rumored to be the best machines. They actually were. They paid out over 100% um, as opposed to under 100%. So the player actually had um, for once, a, an advantage over the casino on those machines. Yeah, they have the potential to have an advantage uh, because you know the the hundred percent uh, payback is you know uh, based on if you play the game perfectly, which uh, you know very few people do. But that you know that you, you do you on, on those games you have a better chance of getting a better payout. And they did take out some hundred um, percent um, uh, games. Um, and uh, they replaced them with some games that were a 99.8% uh, payout, uh, which does shift the, uh, the advantage uh, back to the house. And so, um, yeah, so, so some people are upset by this, and, uh, you know, there are other people who don't pay attention to that sort of thing. And why does Station say they did this? Um, they said that they um, still... You know, they, they, they while they took out some of the the hundred percent games, they still have more than um, anybody else, and you know any other you know group. And we did, we went through and 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 checked that, and and of the uh, top ten casinos with the most hundred percent games, uh, Station has uh, eight out of the top ten. Um, and so uh, they said, you know, we did take out a few, but we replaced them with these 99.8% accuracy games, and so they don't think the, 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 the player is being hurt that much. I'm guessing uh, their, their pocketbooks will probably reflect a, a, a change, though. I would imagine that's why they're doing it. Well, and, and the, um, uh, this new line from WMS um, uh, is, you know, it has the potential to be quite a revenue generator because uh, you can, um, it, 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 it kind of draws the players in and engages them more. It has all these personalization and, and customizable features where you can, um, you know, select your background color, you can select, you know, your card art, uh, you know, what kind of cards you play. Uh, some of those, the, you know, those don't mean anything to the game itself. It's just kind of uh, for entertainment purposes. But there are some uh, things that players find valuable in that you can um, select how the cards are sorted. You can sort them high to low. You can sort them by suit. And uh, some players say that that will cut down on mistakes and actually, uh, you know, could end up with higher payouts. And do we know what the payouts on those new ones are? Um, you know, I believe those are the 99%. Um, and, uh, you know, those those were the 99.8% that they um, uh, replaced them with. Uh, if you check the, the pay tables, they're, they're very similar to some of the top ones. Great. Well, thanks so much, Ron. Interesting stuff. We'll have to go play the new video poker at uh, Station Casinos. Ron Sylvester is a reporter for Vegas, Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. You can follow his coverage at VegasInc.com or LasVegasSun.com. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up With The Sun. We are here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. 
I'm your host, Dylan Goldberg, business editor of Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. Joining us now is Vegas Inc. reporter Eli Siegel. Welcome, Eli. Hi, Dylan. So you've had a lot of real estate news um, in the past week, and uh, you had a Vegas Inc. cover story for us about bulk sales, um, big packages of uh, restaurant properties or commercial office buildings that mostly out-of-state investors have come to Las Vegas to snatch up. That's right. Yeah, entirely. They're, they're entirely out-of-state investors, and they are buying in bulk. And the what really kicked it off, there have been four big deals over the last four or five months. And what started it all was in late September when Heinz Interests out of Houston partnered with Oak Tree Capital Management, which is a very big investment firm out of LA. They bought 32 office buildings in Summerlin for just a little under uh, $120 million from general growth properties. And the buildings are, they total 1.1 million square feet, uh, but they were about half, they were half vacant at the time that they were sold. And a couple months later, a group out of Illinois, a, a real estate investment trust, they bought six shopping centers for nearly $300 million. Um, and then also in December, a guy out of Southern California, Ed Mustafa, he bought seven commercial buildings in Henderson for about $23 million. And then in January, uh, Cedar Enterprises, they're the local franchisee for Wendy's. They sold 18 of their Wendy's restaurant buildings, not the businesses, but just the real estate, to a couple of national investment firms for nearly $24 million. So these are huge deals, and they all happened uh, just all in a row, really, over the, over the course of four or five months. That's incredible. And the Summerlin office building sale is one of the biggest sales in our local history, at least recently, right? That's right. It was, at the time, it was probably the biggest sale in years. And then a couple months after that, with the shopping centers, that surpassed the Summerlin deal, both in terms of square footage and the sale price. Because, you know, as I mentioned, the Summerlin buildings were, were a little over a million square feet. The shopping centers were 1.7 million square feet. Wow, so almost double. Yeah, almost double. And the price was nearly triple, the sale price. That's incredible. And so these are out-of-state investors. Why Las Vegas and why now? Well, they're basically, they're coming to Las Vegas because the prices are low and it's getting... Uh, it's not too expensive for them in other cities, but it's getting expensive in other cities. You know, Vegas is not a big, right now at least, it's not a big market for commercial real estate. You don't have a lot of big companies headquartered here that take a lot of office space. Uh, retail is really, it's it's pre, it's still pretty weak right now. Vacancy is around 14, 15%. Office vacancy is 25%. It's the highest in the country. Uh, so things, things are really struggling out here. But... <clears throat> Cities like Chicago, L.A., New York, Dallas, those are Miami. Those are the big cities for commercial real estate, San Jose, San Francisco. Those are the cities that landlords, uh, you know, that investors want to buy property. But it's getting expensive there. Things have rebounded. And what happens during a downturn is prices drop, and then people flood those markets for cheap deals. So many people have flooded in now that the prices are going up, and they can't get the returns that they have been promising their that their own, their own investors. So they're coming to cities like Vegas, and you know, to a lesser extent, Phoenix and other other smaller markets, maybe Portland, Oregon, you know, cities like that, um, where you can still get good deals. You can still get buildings for cheap prices. And Vegas, you know, is one of the one of the cheapest markets right now. Absolutely. And obviously, there's risk involved. You just read some pretty staggering vacancy rates. I know you've reported that you know, landlords essentially have to give things away, free rent, free improvements yep. um, to lure tenants. So why are they buying in bulk these all these properties? I mean, obviously, they're speculating that things are going to get better. Yes, basically. And and it is a bet, just like any other, just like any investment. It's a gamble. Welcome to Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to Vegas. And there are some signs of life, though, that are probably giving these investors 
reason for for wanting to to plunk a, plunk a lot of money down here. You know, the home values have gone up about 14, 15% last year. Uh, the unemployment rate in the Vegas metro area is in December, it was 10%, which is still really high, but it's down from 13% a year earlier. So, so things are picking up a little bit. They're starting to improve. So these investors probably figure, you know what, it's worth a bet. Relatively speaking, it's not a lot of money to buy these properties. And if the economy turns around and we can get tenants and, and charge higher rents, you know, we could, we could earn a huge profit here. Do you think the idea, will they flip them in five years if the market rebounds, or they want the rent? Unlikely, yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't see that happening. They'll probably hold on to these buildings for quite some time. And the companies that are coming in, they're not known as flippers. Uh, you know, companies like Heinz out of Houston, they, you know, they control almost $24 billion worth of real estate around the world. They go in, they buy things, they improve properties, and they hold them for years at a time. And uh, they, they're not known for coming in, you know, doing a quick fix them up and, and flipping them. That's, that's not these companies, uh, MO. Well, that's good for the city. And obviously, uh, these are national and international companies, corporations doing this, um, cash purchases. You mentioned a guy from California. What's his deal? Ed Mustafa is, he's a managing member of a company called the, uh, or a group called the Brentwood Companies. And, and I don't, I was not able to learn a whole lot about him, actually. He seems like a pretty low profile guy. Uh, he has offices, I'm told, in LA and, um, shoot, in uh, San Bernardino County in that area. And he has, I think, a uh, mortgage business and some other, you know, some other interests. But yeah, but pretty, pretty low profile. And he owns a couple of buildings already here in the Vegas area. Uh, but with this purchase of seven buildings in Henderson, right near the Sun's headquarters, actually, uh, he's, he's, you know, expanded his holdings here quite a bit. I think it nearly doubled his holdings, or maybe and, more than doubled his holdings. And that's just the beginning. He he's looking for more as we speak, right? That's right. His broker, his local broker and property manager, has said that Mustafa's group has another. I think it was like twenty to twenty-five million dollars of uh, capital that they want to spend on Las Vegas real estate. Well, that's good news for the city. We'll we'll take all the investment we can get. I guess. Yep. Well, talking about another big sale or potential sale. Um, Crystal's shopping center on the Strip is potentially for sale? Yep, uh, that seems to be the case. Uh, The CEO of MGM Resorts International, the the big casino company, uh, Jim Murren, recently said that he's had a number of prospective investors contact him, contact him and his company about buying this mall. It's a two-story, 500,000-square-foot mall uh, right in the middle of, uh, of the city center development. And he said he told Reuters that he's received a bunch of inquiries over the last six months. Uh, he hasn't said what it would sell for, but you have to imagine it would be it would sell for a, a pretty high figure. Yeah, well, anybody who's been there, I mean, it's a beautiful mall. It's very very high end. Um, however, it's it's often pretty empty, and it's struggled since it opened in two thousand and nine. That's right. That's that's my understanding. Is that I mean, even if you go there today, there there doesn't there, there never really seems to be a lot of shoppers walking around that place. You know, that could be because it is so expensive. I mean, they're you know they're they don't have any even sort of expensive retailers. Every every retail in there is very expensive. Prada, Hermes, Louis Vuitton, um, Tom Ford. I mean, it's just it's just a laundry list of the most expensive retailers uh, in the country, basically. And, and they have been struggling. And part of that had to do with the timing of it all, which was out of their hands. But it opened in December of 2009, which is probably the worst time in recent history, probably in the last hundred years, that you could have opened a high-end shopping mall uh, in the United States. So it was... Uh, you know, it, it fell victim to the recession, and the first year it was open, 
the first full year was open in 2010, it um, had an operating loss of about $12 million. And it's, it's, things have since improved, but it's still, it's, you walk in there, you don't get the sense that it's a bustling place. And that's significant for MGM, but they're not saying um, who specifically is interested in buying it, are they? No, they haven't. They haven't disclosed that yet, and and normally they they, they wouldn't, anyways. But it's uh, it would be interesting to see who comes in and buys it. I'm, I'm I'd be curious to see, you know, one how much they pay, two who's actually and, and you know who the buyer would be and what their plans are for it. So uh, something to, something we'll keep our eyes on. I know you don't have a pre- uh, crystal ball or to predict, but any idea if they would keep it a high end mall or might refashion it into something else? It's a good question. And I was wondering the same thing myself. And I don't know. I mean, if it's still struggling, you know, the new owner might, if there is a new owner, they might come in and say, hey, you know what? We need to get a better tenant mix in here and make things a little bit more affordable for people. Uh, Because as it stands now, having just, you know, only the highest of the high-end luxury retailers in there doesn't seem to be going as, you know, just certainly not going the way they planned, and it's, uh, it's, it's tough to tell if it's, if it's ever going to really boom in there. Absolutely. Well, um, good news for Henderson, if not for the Strip necessarily, uh, for Crystal's Mall. Um, Henderson is recently going to, or recently got a high-end movie theater that is going to have a couple amenities that you don't see in all the cinemas, Um booze for one, or at least wine and liquor and pretty fancy seats. Tell us what you learned about that. That's right. There is a new movie theater going into the Green Valley Town Center uh, shopping center over on East Sunset Road in Green Valley, excuse me, over on uh, East Sunset and Green Valley Parkway. It's an eight-screen cineplex called the Galaxy Green Valley Luxury Plus Theater. Uh, it's owned by Galaxy Theaters out of uh, Southern California, out of Sherman Oaks. And they are opening. It's they're they're billing it as as they say in the name. It's a luxury theater. It will have each seat in the theater in each screening room is a reclining chair with a powered footrest, and you can buy wine and beer, which is both both of those amenities are completely unusual at, at any movie theater around the country. Yes, you can kick back and have your brew and uh, enjoy a new flick. Basically, um, yeah. And I was surprised uh, ticket prices. I know in Los Angeles. They have fancy theaters like that, and the tickets are fourteen, sixteen, eighteen dollars. How here they're pretty cheap. That's right. Well, they're going to be standard pricing, which is what uh, Rafe Cohen, he's the president of Galaxy Theaters, told me that it would be about ten bucks, eleven dollars. Nothing, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, the theaters won't be as big. Well, I take it back. There won't be as many people in each theater because these seats are so big. Uh, so. It's going to be, you know, it's it'll be a very different experience for people. It's you know maybe a little bit more intimate depending on which screening room you're in. You know, he told me that uh, some of the theaters inside the uh, the Cineplex will only have sixty seats, wow. so it goes from as, as small as that to a couple hundred. So it'll be, uh, yeah, for for what he's saying, it's the same price for uh, for a very 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 different experience. And this replaces a movie theater that was there almost a decade ago, but has since been closed for several years. That's right. There used to be an eight-screen United Artist uh, movie theater in there, and it closed about eight years ago. And that space has sat empty ever since. And Gallery Theaters, or Galaxy Theaters, rather, is um, they're they're overseeing a four million dollar renovation to get that place up to speed. And this is breathing, hopefully, at least for the owners, um, some of whom are our bosses. Um, 
this is breathing new life into that shopping center. That's the goal. That's right. Yeah, the retail center is owned by American Nevada Company, which is the the real estate division of the Greenspun Corporation, which is what we fall under, Vegas Inc. and the Las Vegas Sun. And and that retail center, if you go there, I mean, it is struggling. It's a seventy acre shopping center. It's just it's just huge. It's it's just a huge sprawling shopping center. And there's a lot of empty space. I mean, as of last August, uh, it's a the center itself is about 118,000 square feet. And as of last August, there was at least 57,000 square feet of empty space. So basically half of it was empty. And the goal, obviously, with any any retail tenant is that it attracts both shoppers and more tenants. And when you get something like a movie theater, you have a much better chance, uh, just in general, of getting more tenants and getting more shoppers than just you know uh, a random clothing store. Because something like a movie theater just cuts across all you know, demographics and everyone wants to go watch movies. So you, you draw a good broad base of people there. Absolutely. And there's a couple others, but uh, this will be one of the only handful of movie theaters that are freestanding and not in a casino around here. That's right. Yeah. Most theaters are in casinos and there, there really aren't too many that are, that are not in them. So this will give people a chance to enjoy a movie without having to watch to walk through a smoky uh, casino floor. Good. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I have to catch a flick there. Thanks so much, Eli, for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks a lot, Dylan. You're listening to Vegas Inc. Radio, part of Waking Up with the Sun. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. I'm your host, Dylan Goldberg, business editor of Vegas Inc., and you can catch all our news on VegasInc.com and LasVegasSun.com. Well, to wrap up our show this week, um, nobody around here could miss the news of the shootout and fiery explosion of a car crash involving a cab on the Strip recently. Um, There's been a lot said about what impact that's going to have on tourism, and there's nobody better to weigh in on that than our Vegas Inc. reporter, Rick Villada. Welcome, Rick. Thanks for having me, Dylan. So, violence on the Strip, everybody knows about it, international story. What does that mean for our tourism city? Well, you know... it's it's kind of hard to, to say what's going to happen, but I think the, the general consensus of all the, the tourism experts that I've talked to is that eventually this is not going to have a major impact. Um, you, you are seeing a lot of people weighing in about the violence because this was just like the, the third or the fourth of several different incidents that were pretty high profile. But at the same time, it's also a random act, and it's something that uh, involves people who know each other. Uh, it just happened to occur uh, in probably the most famous real estate that uh, we have in the state of Nevada, certainly possibly in the, in the whole country, the Las Vegas Strip. So because of that high-profile de- uh, location, I think it grabbed a lot of immediate headlines. But the, uh, the, you know over, over a period of time, I think that most of the experts say this is going to be something that will fade out and they will forget about it and uh, they'll go back to uh, making their uh, plans to come here. And did the LVCVA and our Las Vegas tourism machine, um, did they do everything they should have and could have? Well, some of the, some of the people who have uh, kind of looked at some of the things that the LVCVA did agree that, yes, they, they made all the right moves in a, in a crisis communication mode. Uh, they acknowledged that there was a, a, something that happened that was serious, and they uh, apologized for the, uh, the, you know, the, and had some sympathy for the people who were victims. Uh, but they also stressed that it was a random act and it was something that uh, could have happened just about any place. And that we had even on our website, Vegas Inc. and The Sun, um, different commenters saying, my wife's going to tell me we're never going back and that. But that that's the rare rarity, right? And, and yes, it is. And, and certainly there are going to be people who have that outlook now. Ask them the same people in about uh, a month or two what their feelings are. They may have changed their minds because they've seen something that's more violent going on in a tourism place that's closer to their home. 
That's a good point, absolutely. And unfortunately, this involved um, transportation, when a ca- taxi driver. Tell us a little bit about him. Well, the uh, the driver, and, and this is the, the, the really sad part of the story, the driver, uh, Michael Bolden, was just a, 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 a great character guy. People at his uh, office at Desert Cab, uh, I interviewed some of his co-workers and friends. Uh, they loved the guy. He was fun-loving. Uh, only been on the job for a couple of years, but in that two years' time, he, he uh, developed quite a reputation for being a really stand-up guy. So that loss is tremendous, and certainly his family uh, is grieving even now about uh, about losing him. And the taxi community has been great to step up. And yes, they, they have. They've rallied around. The companies uh, in town have put together a reward of $35,000 for information leading to the arrest of the uh, perpetrator. And we also should mention the innocent victim in the back of the cab, a tourist who was here for a convention, a yes. local businesswoman, in fact. Yes, um, uh, just, you know, a classic example of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sounds like she was here for the magic convention. I uh, was about to head home after uh, looking at some, uh, some uh, uh, dress wear and uh, didn't ever even make it to the airport. Very sad situation. It's awful. Well... Hopefully this won't be a black eye for the city and condolences to all the families involved. But that wraps up our show for this week. Thanks so much, Rick. Thank you. This is Vegas Inc. Radio. We're here every Monday at 7 a.m. on KUNV 91.5 The Source. We're part of Waking Up With The Sun. I'm your host, Dylan Goldsberg, business editor of Vegas Inc. Thanks to Stephen Zeller, our producer, and the entire KUNV team. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your day.